Welcome to the Authentic Embodiment Podcast, a place where we can unlock our soul's highest potential for expansion and embodiment. Hello, hello, my beautiful beloved beings. Welcome, welcome. I, before I dive in to this episode and share with you my musings on hustle culture and being overdoing, I wanted to share a little quick update, kind of what's happening, going on in my realm, in my world. And first and foremost, I have changed my, a couple things, my Instagram account is shifted from, or is shifting, has shifted, (laughs) from the authentic embodiment to authentic dot embodiment. And I've also changed platforms where I um, have my website. And I have changed my actual website. So my new website is authenticembodiment.org. I have updated that on all of my social media platforms as well, but if you head over to my Instagram account, authentic.embodiment, my link in my bio will take you directly there to my website, as well as my Etsy shop, my podcast, etc. And the reason that I shifted everything, I just decided to take the, the, the off, if you will, is it just felt very like, I don't know, kind of full of myself in a way, like the authentic embodiment. Like I, I'm, I'm not the only authentic embodiment and I'm definitely not perfect in my expression. And as I step more fully into the work that I'm doing in the space that I'm in presently, I am stripping away different layers, essentially. I am definitely seeing things falling away in my life and many shadows are presenting themselves to me to work through to navigate through and to see the gifts within and I it's incredibly crucial for me to not be in a space of putting myself out there as having it all figured out or being some energy worker or healer or coach that is put on a pedestal because we are all we are all cut from the same cloth we are all woven from the same fabric of existence and I am no better than or no less than anyone else I am one with everything and I am one with all and I don't want to come to a space on in this online space where I'm where my gifts are presented and I, I don't want to put myself out there as somebody who has it all figured out and although I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily worrying so much how I'm being perceived by other people but I'm thinking about how I want to show up in my own unique authentic expression and I I'm a healer but I'm wounded I am a wounded healer I am constantly evolving and We are always evolving. Part of the spiritual work is that we're always working. 
as if our life were this metaphorical onion and we're always peeling back these layers and there's always aspects of ourselves that are dying and, and, and aspects of ourselves that are being born. And I just wanted to strip away the very matter of fact, the, to my authentic embodiment and, and, and sink down in, into just being authentic in my embodiment, whether that shows up as, hey, here I am in all my real rawness having a really rough day. And these are my musings and what I like to share about it or whether I'm feeling fully embodied and connected to the truth of, of who I am. I, I want to show up fully in all aspects. I don't want to give the highlight reels. I don't want to put myself out there that I have it all figured out or that I am better than or less than anyone else. I am the same as you, dear brother, sister. I am the same as you. And also, the last thing before I hop off here and let you uh, careen through the musings of my mind <laughs> on this latest episode, I just wanted to share that I have made a conscious decision to just be off social media for a couple months. I, I, didn't, I didn't post and didn't share about this. I just, back in June, I decided to pop off social media for 30 days. And while that was really beautiful, I... I find myself very, very distracted. I think one of the shadows I'm very much diving into is the shadow of distraction. And I I don't think that I've ever really taken time in my life to take a, a prolonged period of time to just be with myself. I mean, social media has been relevant since I was a senior in high school. <laughs> so, I mean... This is, oh my God, what is that? Like 17, 18, I don't know, years ago. So I feel like, so, well, no, it's not 18 years ago. I think it's been like 14, 15 years ago. It's been relevant in my life and it's always been relevant. And it's such a laid out habitual neural pathway formed within the structure of my nervous system and within my brain that it's hard to break away from. And even whenever I remove these apps from my phone and I'm not presently in them, it's like I find other ways to distract myself. Like I'm reading every single one of my emails, even like the stuff that's absolute just junk. It's it's <laughs> telling me to renew my car insurance or my car warranty or whatever. Like, and it's not even related to me. I don't have insurance with these companies and I don't have warranties with this company as you know, all the memes where the car warranty people will find you, even if you're out in the middle of a desert <laughs> with no Wi-Fi and communication devices, they'll be ask you about your car warranty. <laughs> I feel like that's my distraction. I just, it's like my nervous system is so hardwired to be activated and distracted that I'm seeking things to distract me, even when I remove the very things that distract me the most. And I don't want to show up as a person who's constantly taking breaks from social media and acting like I have these just deeply profound experiences and that, you know, because I take these prolonged breaks from social media that I'm just doing something better than everyone else because I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm just sitting with myself and oh God, it's just so much to sit with ourselves. Do we really sit with ourselves? And I've been spending... I'm almost at 30 days. I am on day 29 of meditating every single day. And this is the first time 
since 2015, six years later, that I am committing to a meditation practice. The longest I have gone was actually 29 days. Today is the day. I, I did a 30-day meditation challenge, and I didn't even finish it. I made it to day 29 of day 30. How defeating is that? I couldn't even complete 30 days. I just had a taste of it, but I didn't complete it. And um, I want to power through this time. I really want to I commit to 30 days of meditation. So I have this beautiful app called Insight Timer. It's free. I'm not sponsored by it, although I would love to be. Hey, Insight Timer. <laughs> consider me think of me um but i really love it it's free it's wonderful there's so many beautiful teachers and healers and facilitators on this platform sharing guided meditations music um immersive learning it's just a wonderful space that i've connected with for my meditation practice it tracks how long you meditate each day um it tracks your consecutive days it's just wonderful so that's where i'm at and i I've been waking up every day and I've been meditating every day. And another practice that I've been engaging in is, is com- contemplation. Now, I don't know what your definition is of contemplation, but when I think of contemplation, it's it's just deeper thinking. It's not just like the thoughts that are coming and going so rapidly, you know, the forty to 60,000 thoughts in our mind a day. But it's really, really thinking about something fully, like having something on your mind and really diving into it, seeing it from all facets and dimensions and really understanding it in a fuller more integrative way and and that's what I find myself doing is every day just spending time in in deep reflective contemplative thought and sometimes that leads to journaling sometimes that leads to audio recording sometimes I I get inspired and 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 read and and try to absorb and retain what I'm reading a little more fully Um, read it over a couple times really think about it sit with a page for minutes minutes on end and it's been a really beautiful experience so although I haven't um, expressed on social media that I am taking this prolonged break I I, I don't have a time frame um, my guides and my angels have communicated with me that three months is really potent a lot of things are coming in threes my 33rd year um, three months of meditating, three months without social media, just a lot of things in threes that, um, I don't know where I heard it. I think it was within the Kundalini yoga, um, structure of of a lot of Kundalini yoga meditations and practices are 40 days and 40 days is, is really kind of, kind of like a general, how long it takes to really, um, create this habit, form a new neural pathway until it becomes a new structured habit within your brain. But I just really feel like my brain needs a little bit longer than that. <laughs> like um, having an anxiety disorder, um, I just feel like my brain's a little more hyperactive and a little more distracted. And um, we all are not, you know, within the same cycles and paces and rhythms. And really tapping into what um, what I need, the amount of time and space um, and energy I need to create a new habit, a new practice. So here I am, traversing on this three month journey that I am. Um, honoring and making a big commitment to I I'm really trying to honor my commitments to myself um I've spoken on this before in a previous podcast but it's so easy for us to honor our commitments and the promises that we make to other people but it's so easy for us to fall short in our commitments to ourselves and to a daily devotional practice I that really is the foundation of of 
of living of, of life is, is having a rooted spiritual practice and not just a spiritual practice but a spiritual practice without without expectations of how it's going to look you know meditation is going to be more difficult some days it's going to be more seamless and so much more information so many more downloads come through some days you're just fighting to sit still and quiet your mind and that's okay so just letting go of the expectations of what it looks like and honoring yourself for coming to that practice every single day and honoring the commitments that you've made to yourself so yeah, that that's that's my little TED talk about that and the space that I'm in. I am still plugged into my website. I am still plugged into my email. So if you would like to reach out to me, uh, you can drop me an email at authenticembodiment at gmail.com. You can also head over to my website. I do have some forms that you're, you can contact me through. I also have a space where you can set up a discovery call now for my one-on-one -on -one sacred mentorship container, which is now open. And I also have a beautiful space now on my website where you can leave some feedback. You can drop any questions you have that you'd like me to answer on the podcast. And yeah, so actually at the end of this episode, I mentioned all of these things that I just stated about, you know, leaving feedback, but I am plugging you into the wrong website. So please discard all that because this episode was recorded before I shifted platforms. So please discard the website I send you to. You will need to head over to authenticembodiment.org and not the other website that I mentioned at the end of this episode. I will also drop all this information in the show notes. I do not edit my episodes, so I do not cut out or add any more audio than what I record. And I, I do this because I, I want to be unfiltered and I want to be raw and real and open and honest with you. I, I, I want all the messy parts that you hear the my dogs barking in the background or you hear, I think, I believe you hear the cicadas because I recorded this uh, a couple weeks ago um, at the end of summer. It was like the hottest part of our year. So it was, we were just so many cicadas outside. It was super loud. You hear traffic and birds and I'm just, I'm trying to keep it real, you know? So I'm not going to cut that end, that end part out of the episode and try to fill it in with something else. I'm just going to tell you to <laughs> discard the end of that episode. Um, and head to the show notes if you would like to drop a question for me to answer in an episode, an upcoming episode, or if you'd like to leave any feedback about the podcast. So without further ado, thank you for listening to this very long update. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. And here is the latest episode of the Authentic Embodiment Podcast. So I'm reflecting on being, just being in a state of being, if you will, instead of doing and just thinking about how fast paced the world is that we live in and how over stimulated, hyper stimulated we are and we seek out instant gratification over over the long term, you know, and I was reflecting on how I perceive just the collective energy to be in this very hurried and hustling and doing state, um, full fold witnessing it, living in a city where everybody's in a hurry on the road and in a hurry in the stores and 
it's just always in a hurry. And, you know, I was just witnessing how in my life, how that has just kind of trickled throughout my experience. The sense of doing, hustling in order to be worthy, in order to seem that your day was valuable and that you made something of yourself, that you've got to be doing something and be productive. And I learned this from a very early age. I, with my anxiety disorder and not having any awareness that I had an anxiety disorder until I was in my late teens, first year of my 20s, I'd never really had a self-awareness. And now reflecting back, as I've known about my anxiety and traversed through this experience of mental health disorders for 30, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> for 13 years of my 33 years of life. Um, but spending, you know, a third of my life or more just being in a place of hyperstimulation and my sense of homeostasis, my internal balance was operating in a very high functioning state because I grew up, I grew up primarily with a parent who never reflected back to me just the beauty and the necessity of slowing down and of being still. Some of the most important things that we can do all starts with the catalyst of being, of slowing down. All the things that will ripple outward from being tapped in and tuned in to stillness, a space of being, and connecting to our own inner authority and highest self. What ripples outwards from that space is far more potent and powerful than what pours out from a state of hustling because of a fear of lack, because of fear of not being good enough, of not having enough. And in this reflection of my childhood, I am sitting with memories of even, you know, as a, as a child going to school, right? We, school Monday through Friday, and then the weekends, we like to sleep in, hang out with our friends, play video games, you know, typical kid stuff, right? I was born in 88, but essentially I'm a child of the 90s because most of my childhood existed in the 90s. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking about how even on weekends, if I was sitting around too long, watching TV in the morning or sleeping in too late, then I would be met with a, you are not going to sit around on the couch all day. You're not going to sleep in all day. Go find something to do or I will give you something to do. And that meant if I didn't go and find some way to entertain myself, um, either within the house or out of the house that didn't involve me lying around, then I would be doing chores and busy work. And that ultimately was the course of my childhood. Um, in my older years, whenever I was able to do chores and um, duties around the household. And I, I'm just thinking about how 
knowing that I was an anxious child and being a child with an anxiety, but not being in a space where I had a parent or parents understand um, the state of my mental health because of the own, their own state of their mental health. Um, I do believe that my mom has an anxiety disorder herself. I do think that she also has obsessive compulsive tendencies and a big need to control and micromanage things. And I think that sense of control and micromanaging is a way to alleviate her overwhelm and her anxiety. But um, she doesn't feel the same and that's okay. I'm not here to cast judgment, but just hold space for where she's at. And because I feel that I have a broader awareness on my mental health disorder, that's reflecting back to me what I have learned as far as coping with my anxiety and also how my nervous system was hardwired at such a young age at a very overstimulated slash hyperstimulated way and that that in turn enveloped my nervous system response to be running at a more um, activated space. You know, we all have a sense of homeostasis, which is our nervous system's state of balance. It's basically home base, our baseline. And if you are a person who is used to being constantly stimulated and doing all the time, being productive, being on the go and not really resting and allowing your nervous system to come back to a more grounded and lower state of uh, uh, sensory response, if we're not doing that, then we're always kind of operating in a sense of overdrive or overwhelm, you know? And so I'm just reflecting back on still being in that space in some way, but with much more awareness. And I'm finding myself in this constant push-pull dynamic of beating myself up for being very uh, overstimulated and having a hard time focus. This this sense of do, 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 doing whenever I was a child and, and go do something or I'll find something for you to do and not really allowing myself to recalibrate and reset within rest or learning that as a child has in turn imprinted me this lasting legacy of an overstimulated nervous system. And as I have evolved, my anxiety disorder has definitely evolved and where I used to spend more time with my anxiety um, when I'm feeling activated, trying to control my circumstances and my reality, um, conversations, what I'm doing, um, the relationship dynamics that I'm in, whether platonic or romantic, um, breaking free from that and and still being very deeply uh, in a space of wanting to control because I am very much a recovering control addict. Um, but just being the, the watchful observer of those instances and, and learning how to integrate that experience within me and regulate and self-soothe on my own without controlling something externally or outside of me knowing that I have all the tools that I need to feel safe and calm and secure within me and I don't need to manipulate or change anything outside of myself including people um, things or experiences um, to bring myself back to a calmer space and place within myself and I still find myself even with all this knowing and battling through I like I feel you know peeling back one layer of this of this onion that is my my mental health and working through and navigating through my incessant need to control 
and micromanage. So now it has shifted into a horrible lack of focus because when I was focusing all my efforts and energy on controlling my experience and my reality, my circumstances and the people within my life and how I engage with them, I didn't feel unmotivated or unfocused or ungrounded because I funneled all of that energy not necessarily in a good way obviously but funneled all that energy into upholding this sense of control right so I can maintain a sense of safety and balance now that I'm working through that a little bit better every single day I am finding myself struggling with being focused and when I am focused I'm on hyperdrive I don't find a moment to pause and rest and I'm just kind of burning the candle at both ends and I I'm saying all these things as a backstory to reflect my past to reflect my presence back to you so that it may land and carry a remembrance to you that it's so crucial not only for our physical vessel to rest and to just be in a space of being instead of doing but it's so imperative for our mental health our emotional health our spiritual and energetic health to just be we we are so programmed on a deeply subconscious level as a culture to just be constantly doing and hustling it's this hustle culture mentality and although it's a beautiful thing to be productive there are incredible things that flourish from our creative life force energy when we're being in a space of flow and productivity um, but if we are depleted energetically and exhausted and still in a state of doing what are we really producing and creating from that space of doing that's fruitful and beneficial for us because I know that whenever I allow myself stillness and for me that looks like coming outside and sitting on my back porch like I am now as I'm recording this episode and reading and breathing working through some breath work some meditation some journaling and just sitting with spirit opening my records here and there my Akashic records being in communion with my guides and my angels and ancestors and when I'm sitting in this space of being doing flows from such a seamless and effortless place because I took that time and space to connect to the stillness the vast stillness of spirit within me and when you can invite some more space into your reality when you can be in that spaciousness you invite more spaciousness within yourself all the things that we need to get done work ch chores around our home even all the tedious stuff it just flows so much easier and without restriction whenever we are cultivating a practice of being because the time old quote that we all know you cannot pour from an empty cup so when you are depleted but you're still doing and doing and doing and hustling with an empty well 
that's sucking your life force energy dry. And I'm just sitting with that knowing as I am in this push-pull dynamic with doing and being because it's so ingrained within me. You know, spending my whole childhood doing and doing and doing. I think all the way up to whenever I left high school, I going to school as every other high schooler does. That's a full-time thing and, and having working really hard to have great grades and college applications and scholarships and a job and I played tennis competitively and and having a social life and you know your high school romantic partners and just space and time with family like it's all so much and I I see how my nervous system was activating at such a high level optimally like it was I was underneath the, this push-pull dynamic of my, my mother controlling me, right? Of controlling my reality and circumstances. And although I felt like I have so I had so much freedom and free will, I, I truly didn't when I really look back and think about it. But I was operating from a subconscious uh, point of reference and frame of mind. And I didn't see, I was not able to see from my level of awareness that all the things I was doing were not really for me like yes I felt accomplished having good grades but I felt so much anxiety and overwhelm constantly trying to hustle to have a certain GPA and get all of these scholarships because my parents did not have the luxury of affording college for me I felt so much pressure and so much anxiety and activated me um, and I did enjoy playing tennis but I honestly didn't want to play competitively at the end of it I, like I enjoyed it starting out I remember whenever I started playing and, and winning tournaments and making it to my state tennis tournament in high school I, I felt joy but I also felt this immense anxiety that this is too much to uphold but I felt this pressure I felt this pressure and I felt this obligation and it came from my mom's um, subconscious need to control my reality make the good grades do well in tennis I, I remember leaving exiting the court after many many matches that I won and my mom's still telling me how I could have done better and not even saying that she's proud of me and that's neither here nor there we all do the best that we can from our own level of awareness but I definitely see how at a young age this um impending need of control was imparted on me and manipulated how I showed up in the world and what I did and I'm seeing how it's still leaking in into my reality and experience it's crazy how many things are running subconsciously on autopilot within us until we really take this deeper awareness and dive into it and Everything that's happened to me in my life is absolutely okay. We are a culmination of all the things that have happened to us, but it's our choice what we carry with us. And I'm not saying that just because we recognize there's things that we're carrying with us that don't feel good from our past, maybe behaviors and um, coping mechanisms, patterns, belief systems, old relationships and traumas. Like we're all carrying something essentially, right? And we carry it around like it's inevitable that we'll carry it around our whole lives but it's really it's not it's just so much simpler than that we we don't want to chalk it up to being it to be simple right because if it were simple then 
it makes us feel foolish for carrying around what we've carried for so freaking long, you know? And I'm just sitting here reflecting on all the things that I'm carrying. And while though it takes a tremendous amount of effort to change the course of direction that your ship has been sailing for quite literally your entire life, it is possible. It is possible. And I think that all starts with slowing down, being in a state of being instead of doing because so much of our doing is is subconscious. It's on autopilot. I mean, obviously we know this power of our subconscious mind because we, our subconscious mind tells us to take a shower and to brush our teeth every day. And um, it's keeping all our vital organs operating, blood pumping through our body. You know, these 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 nervous system responses that we don't have to put a lot of thought and effort into and so many of our neural pathways that create these good or bad habits in our lives are formed between the ages of zero and seven and when you become an adult the only way to really correct those bad neural pathways these bad habits that have been formed are to have a conscious awareness and having conscious awareness doesn't mean that you're just going to wake up one day and all of those bad habits will you know be corrected or different or fall away it just means that you'll start witnessing what doesn't feel good you'll start witnessing those bad habits those those belief systems um, those coping mechanisms and patterns and habits that have been passed down from the people who raised us and imprinted us the most at our youngest and uh, most impressionable age. It's just being in a state of witnessing that and saying, I can slow down. I can just be with this, witness it, and choose the direction I want to take moving forward. So many of us live at the effect of our circumstances and we're always hustling and doing to avoid all the things that we feel stuck in, all the things that we're carrying, all the things that we cannot control. We're just in this spiral of doing and hustling and I feel like in, a, in essence that itself can be a form of escapism. And really when we come to a space of being slowing down of witnessing ourselves at the end of the day what thoughts were we thinking that didn't feel good conversations maybe words that we spoke that didn't feel didn't feel in alignment with the truth of who, who we really are it didn't feel like it came from the heart witnessing beliefs habits ways that we're showing up that just don't feel fully embodied and just be with it. Be with it. Reflect on it. Maybe take some mental notes or physical notes on where we can make shifts and changes. And instead of trying to hop from point A to Z so rapidly because it just sucks, maybe this habit, like, you know, my, my controlling habit, that of course it doesn't feel good. But the only way that I can change that is not by blaming my past circumstances because I can't change the past it's already happened and at the end of the day my soul and it chose to incarnate into this time space reality and, and into this human meat suit that is Kyra Peterson knowing all of life's circumstances and challenges that would unfold 
And so if I'm going to carry my past with me, if I'm going to keep staying caught up in cycles of hustling and doing to avoid and escape from these behaviors and habits and um, baggage from my past that I'm carrying around, then there's not really a lot of room for growth and expansion. But if I can just (sighs) breathe into a space of being sit outside, watch the butterflies float by as they start to migrate through Oklahoma into the south and watch the wind blow through the blades of grass and just take a deep breath, be in my body, invite spirit in into this container, into this space on this beautiful platform that is Mother Earth. I can witness myself in a beautiful way without judgment and ask spirit, ask my angels and guides and ancestors for clarity, for direction, for forgiveness. And I can carry that energy with me through the rest of my day, cultivating new thoughts, not judging myself for when I'm falling short, and taking little steps day by day, moment by moment, to be better, to do better, to form new healthy habits and neural pathways within my nervous system and within my body and mind so that I can step more fully into a space of being. And then when it is time to do, when it is time to hustle, it's coming from a full cup, not an empty cup, not a half full cup, but a full cup. So whenever I am pouring into the cup that is doing It's coming, flowing from an place of ease. My creative life force energy is pouring out into these things, even if they're mundane things like my chores around my household and doing the dishes or they're things that require a lot of my attention, like taking a new course or processing and packaging orders for my shop. I'm pouring from a full cup. I'm pouring from a place of my highest self. And I'm not burning the the candle at both ends. And I'm not depleting myself in this space of hustling and doing. We've equated so much of our sense of worthiness on what we achieve that even when we meet somebody brand new, one of the first questions that we ask each other are, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And yes, absolutely, what we do for a living and how we choose to show up in the world as far as our career has a lot of value and a lot of importance to many of us. But the praise behind what we do and that being a major determining factor on our worthiness is just silly to me it's almost as we care more about hustling and how we're perceived sometimes than how we choose to show up in the world it's more important how hard we're working and what we've are accomplishing on a physical or material level than the energetic spiritual mental and emotional work that we're doing internally so much of us are doing so much more than what we what others perceive us to be doing from the surface um with our physical eyes and i think that some of the most important things that we can do 
all starts with the catalyst of being, of slowing down. All the things that will ripple outward from being tapped in and tuned in to stillness, a space of being and connecting to our own inner authority and highest self. What ripples outwards from that space is far more potent and powerful than what pours out from a state of hustling because of a fear of lack, because of fear of not being good enough, of not having enough. And I just invite you, if these words land and resonate, to just come to a space where you can place your hand on your heart. If you're driving, maybe not. But just putting your hand on your heart, just breathing into this space, Just breathing into a space of where you are here and now, planted into your body. Just feeling your breath coming in and out of your nose. Feeling the muscles in your body, letting them relax where you might be carrying any tension. just be just connecting to your own internal wisdom your own spirit and essence just for a moment just for a blimp in time you have all the time that you need to do the things that you must get done in this lifetime. But first, just be. Be with yourself. Without judgment. Just witnessing any resistance you have to this moment, feeling that you need to fast forward through this meditation or check the clock to see if there's something that you should be doing. Still focusing on that cool breath flowing into your nose and your warm breath leaving. Each breath inviting a deeper sense of peace and presence here and now. And just releasing with each exhale, all the shoulds, all the need tos. Remembering the truth of who we are. And then when we come to the space of just being, softening into our body, into our breath, connecting to our body and to our breath. that we are in turn connected to who we really are. And in that space, doing is more easeful, is more fluid. Just remembering, 
We're just gonna take one more deep, full, fullest breath you've taken into your lungs. And exhale. Full exhale, releasing all the air from your lungs. And with that, release. Releasing all the shoulds, all the need tos, all the things that you absolutely feel that you need to do in this moment. And know that you have all the time and space that you need to get things done that are important and valuable. And it's much easier to do these things when coming from a place of presence and connection to the seat of your highest self. <sighs> Although I am guiding you through meditation in this moment, <laughs> I always feel so much more refreshed um, leading Reminding myself this remembrance of being still and connecting to my body and my breath. We spend so much time doing and seeking outside of ourselves that we rarely sit long enough to just be and connect with ourselves and our body. Of course, we tap into what we our body needs when we're in pain or uncomfortable and don't feel good. But how often do we just check in with ourselves in our day-to-day -day lives? When we're running on autopilot, I like to think of our internal well, our seat of ourselves as a train platform, and that all the trains that are coming and go from coming and going from this train platform in all directions are our thoughts, and it's our choice if we want to run away with that train, right? Of course, we can board the train, but are are we going to let that train take off with us inside? And sometimes I feel that that's our state of doing, that all these trains are all the things that we need to do and they just kind of sweep us away through the day. And we say that, oh, we'll sit in meditation. We'll do that 15 minute yoga practice. We'll go outside and put our feet in nature and go, or maybe go for a walk. We'll do that later, but first I have all these things I need to do. But do we? If you think about all the things that you need to do as energetic tabs open on your web browser that is your brain and your, your nervous system, right? How many of those tabs are necessary to be open? How many of them are just like little things that we can put off or look into later? And how many things do we need to optimize and do right now? I think it's really important to realize there are many energetic tabs that we can close. We don't need to keep open, that we don't need to do right here and right now. And sometimes it's more important, actually it's usually always more important to put our mental, our spiritual, our emotional, and our energetic health first. And remember again that we cannot pour from an empty cup and we won't be able to maintain pouring from a half full cup. It's important to keep your cup full so that you may ripple out into the world in your fullest expression and help fill others' cups in the process. Thank you for tuning in and being in this space with me in this container. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a review, drop your feedback. I love hearing for you from you. And the more reviews I get, the more people I can reach with these messages, um, with these deep truths and wisdoms that I channel that move through me from my guides and my angels and my ancestors. And if you have any questions you would love for me to answer on a podcast episode, 
it is a beautiful offering and service I would love to be able to provide. If you head over to my website, www.theauthenticembodiment.com and select the podcast tab from the drop-down menu, you will see when you scroll to the bottom, there is a feedback form. It says questions, but you can also leave feedback as well. If you have any questions for me, you can drop your name and contact info. And if you do drop a question and I answer it on the podcast, I will make sure I respond to you. So you know that I will be answering your question on the podcast and all questions will be answered at the beginning of episodes. So you don't have to shuffle through the whole episode to hear your question answered on air. Um, in that question form, although it says questions, you are also allowed to leave me any feedback. I'd love to hear what you think, anything that comes through for you, any nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share, deep-seated truths for you. I would love it all. I love connecting with you guys. And because of you, you tuning in right now, I'm here in the space, receiving these transmissions, recording them through this tiny microphone connected to my phone as I sit outside, and they are filtering into your ears in waves right now. So thank you. Thank you for being here because I am here in this space because of you. Until next time, beautiful friends, I love you.